We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Of The Athletic, Jason Lloyd. Got a great leather jacket on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Jason, welcome to the show. You know what? I'm wearing it tonight just for you. Thank you. You, I got to do, do a thing on Channel Three tonight. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm wearing that coat just for you. I think you if think you don't I'm, wear that coat on TV tonight. I'm going to be disappointed, Jay. Oh, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it. It's making its triumphant return. Yes. Time since that picture. I think you think I'm being a D about this. You going to hold us? Uh, not a, a not true. basketball too. <laughs> so you know, Dustin there that was, was being not a D. My idea. Whose was it? Put a name on it. The photographer, whoever the photographer, that was the, that was the magazine thing. It, it was like magazine. it was so like a senior picture. It was so great. <laughs> now, well, you- there was one of me palming it. I wish they would have used because that one was cooler. I mean, it had no air in it. That's why I was able to palm it. <laughs> but, when I did, you know, it was a little bit light on the air. I, I do remember doing my senior picture. They actually lit the football on fire. I mean, it couldn't be cheesier than that, right? That's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> Jason, uh, how'd you think uh, Deshaun Watson played yesterday in the win over Baltimore? Better. You know, every, every game's getting better. You know, I, I can't give him an A because they're still only getting one touchdown a game. And those are two good defenses he's faced now the last two weeks in Cincinnati and Baltimore. Obviously, the, the talent level has risen, it's risen dramatically over, over where Houston is at, although they really gave the Chiefs a run for it uh, yesterday. But, you know, certainly he's been better. And there was, there was two plays where – it looked like vintage Deshaun to me. There was one rollout where he rolled right and threw like in rhythm. Like it, that's the guy I remember seeing in Houston. And then the play that was most impressive to me was not even a pass. It was, it was the run in the early fourth quarter. Cincinnati bring it uh, I'm sorry. Baltimore brings a little bit of pressure and he drops back, sees it immediately, sees the middle open up and never hesitated. Like he dropped back, saw it and took off and ran for 17 yards. And I felt like that's it. Like that's where he's really going to damage defenses. Uh, if you're if you're going to bring an extra body, he he can kill you with his feet. And and we've seen a little bit of it, but that play in particular, it just felt like it was all natural to him. So you could see it coming every week, a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. He's not there yet, certainly. And again, like they were scoring more with Jacoby than they are at Deshaun. So I can't say he's back and it's an A performance by any means, but certainly he's come a long way since since where we first saw him in Houston. What did you think of Stefanski's game plan yesterday? Uh, I thought it was okay. I, I don't I – don't, I, I mean, I thought – I, I don't know. What did you think? Because, so I, like, I, here's what I thought, Jay. I, I thought for the first time this year Stefanski actually coached a game, coached a game the way he probably should, 
because we all knew that was going to be an ugly game. Like Baltimore plays good defense. It's the weather's going to be crappy, and there's going to be a lot of field goals. Field positions going to matter. And you know, Nick said he he felt like Stefanski maybe held uh, Watson back a little bit, and maybe that's the case. But but that was maybe smart to do that. You know, I I thought the the coach within himself he coached the way that John Harbaugh should have coached the game. I thought. Yeah, I don't know what John Harbaugh was thinking throwing thirty times at yeah. Caleb Huntley. That that didn't make a lot of sense to me. But I, you know, honestly, and and the Browns may disagree with this, but it felt like watching that first half at Houston, it felt like they were trying to have Deshaun do more than he was capable of and more than he was ready for. And it felt at halftime to me like they said, "Okay, like we got to dial this way back." And if you go back and you look at the second, half, the first play of the second half. Uh, that Houston game, they're like jumbo at the line, and they said, we're just going to run it and run it and run it. We're going to get out of here with the win, and we're going to go back and practice and and try and figure this out. And then every week they've, they've stacked just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more on top of that. And t- to where Sunday – I mean, I, I don't know if this happened in Cincinnati or not, but I, at Baltimore, I can't remember one play of an offensive lineman reporting as an eligible receiver, which tells me that they're getting away from some of that stuff, and they're getting away from the extra blocker – and, and being conservative, and they're trying to open it up a little bit more. Uh, the weather wasn't wasn't terrible, really. I mean, it looked like a snow globe in there by the end of the game. But I didn't. I mean, it, there's going to be days. This weekend's probably going to be a lot worse than that. And I think that has to be a factor in it. I mean, Deshaun told you, I don't want to play here because I don't want to play in the cold. Like that was a big reason why he didn't want to come here. Now, can you overcome that? Sure, you can. And Kevin said, you know, they got those big warm jackets and the benches are warm and it's really not that big of a deal. But in his first time out, it kind of is, you know, like he didn't get to experience September and October here. He got thrown right into December. And so that's another factor I think that you have to consider with with the game plan that you put together, especially if the weather's going to be as rotten uh, next weekend as everyone says that it is. So, no, I don't think he – I don't think you threw him into the deep end, and I don't think they babied him. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't walk away. I guess I didn't spend a lot of time thinking either way on how Kevin called the game and, and what the game plan was because I, it just felt kind of organic and natural to me, I guess. Jason, given the weather and given it was against a backup quarterback, how much stock should we put into the Browns' defensive performance on Saturday? I think, I think very little. Like, I, I, think that the, uh, I think the cast has been set in terms of, the future defensively of, of where this thing is headed. You know, I wrote a couple of weeks ago, I don't think the play, I think the players lost faith in the scheme and the system. And, and, and that was a, a terrific performance and, you know, give them their due and give them their credit for that. And that includes Joe Woods. And, you know, I thought John Johnson played a great game, maybe his best game in a Browns uniform. He, uh, he was the key in that fourth down stop on Baltimore's opening drive. He met him in the hole and stopped him short of the line to game. And then obviously the turnover, I thought Perry on Winfrey made a couple of plays that we haven't seen, obviously, from him uh, hardly at all. So, you know, a lot of good things to take from it. But in terms of, like, can they do enough to save their jobs, I don't think so, only because, like, we went through this last year. And they were terrible defensively for half of a season. And I, I don't see how you can be terrible defensively two years in a row for half the year, try and scramble at the end to put the fire out and put the doors back on the house and think that that's good enough. It's just, it's just not. So, I mean, go back and look at the quarterbacks that they played here uh, since Brady. It's not an impressive list. It's not going to get any better, really, through the end of the season. I, I give them their credit for Baltimore out of the end zone. That's still an NFL team with, with good NFL talent. But the Ravens still ran for 200 yards. It's not like the Browns totally owned them. 
Um, so I would give them their due and, and pat them on the back and tell them job well done. But I don't know that necessarily it's enough to make me change any long-term views of, of, of how I feel about the defensive staff or where this is headed. Does that – so they, they've won three of their last four games here. they got three games to go. Uh, if that's if, if the die has been cast on the defensive side of the ball, how much would winning another two or three games here change any other potential changes they might have or might have to make? I actually think that they're – you know, we've spent so much time this year talking – defensively and all the changes that that you know they they could or should make on the defensive side of the ball i actually think the entire staff is going to look massively different next year you know i think that there's a lot of opportunities for some of the guys on the offense side to take promotions to move up like you know people are going to look at what they did with jacoby Brissett. it was top 10 offense with jacoby Brissett, and you know i think there's going to be guys in line that could maybe get promotions and move on to other organizations in a good way, and I think that some guys probably will be cut in a bad way. So I, I think both sides, both staffs, offensive and defensive, could look drastically different next year. And it's just, you know, we've spent so much time talking about the one side, but I think the other side could look, could look awfully different as well next year. Uh, and in terms of, like, can anything change these last few games? I don't think so, not defensively. I mean, you know, what are we <sighs> – we haven't really talked about Prefer at all and, and the special teams, and certainly they've been a little bit better at times, although Kate York obviously was a disaster again on, on Sunday. I, I think that I think probably at this point decisions have been made, and I don't know what over the last two or three games if that will really change anything or not. Jason, I've been saying this for years. You don't draft kickers. The Browns do. And you and I argued about that over the summer. And I know. I, I'm, I'm going to die on the K York Hill. I'm going to die on it. I still I, think he's got. I, I still think he's going to be okay. Okay. I hope you're right, but <laughs> not good so far. Not good so far. Certainly, like the miss he had Sunday was awful. The the, the, the first wobbler? miss was. Yeah, that was that looked like my looked like me on a looked golf, like your, looked like your tee shot. Yeah, like that was. <laughs> Go back and watch the thing that me and Dustin, or me, not Dustin, me and Ken and Lima shot with Jimmy Hanlon, and look at some of the shots I had on that. And that's that was what Kate York looked like. You know, that's I think so he's lost in his own head right now. Uh, he's a rookie. He's going through the rookie struggles. There's no doubt about it. He's this is probably the worst he's ever struggled in his life at kicking a football. And you know, I said earlier today, I think wait till we get to July and August, and you're going to hear all kinds of stories about how Kate York went and visited a sports psychologist, and how he. Went and went back to his roots and went back to LSU or found an old coach that he had a lot of success with and sort of got back to the basics and, and, and got back to the, the kicking fundamentals. I think we're going to hear all of that. Uh, and I think it's exactly what he needs to do. I don't think he's in any danger of getting cut. Uh, and the thing I would point to is this staff, actually. Mike Prefer and Kevin was part of the staff in Minnesota that uh, traded up and drafted Daniel Carlson. And Carlson had one bad game in Minnesota and Zimmer cut him. And the Raiders snatched him up, and now he's one of the best kickers in the league. You got to have patience with rookies, even when it hurts. And he's had some kicks that make you gnash your teeth. But you know, the good thing is, I don't care what one percent chance they have. This is not a playoff team. So if you're going to go through it, now's the time to go through it and have some big misses and sort of try and learn from it, fight through it, and figure it out. Because I don't think you can give up on the leg that he has, and I just love like the swagger that he has and the confidence that he has, he just has to find that again. And it's sort of like shooting a basket. He's got to see it go through the net. And he's seen it go through. Like, the, you know, 
the, the the Carolina kick was a money kick, man. That was a huge, huge kick for him. And he's got to get back and find that version of himself. And uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think he can get there. Jason, do you think the front office regrets spending a fourth rounder on a kicker? Uh, no, because I don't think they do. Because, like, you have to – like, you, you can still see why they did it, right? Like Carolina kick. You can see he's certainly got the leg for it. Like, he's got one of the biggest legs in the league. And he had the confidence and the swagger. And I think they're going to – I mean, listen, they, they're going to give Anthony Schwartz the many chances that they've given him. Certainly they're going to stand by Cade York. So, no, I don't think they regret it at all. I, I honestly think that they look at it as he's a young kid and he's going through it right now. And he's got to figure it out. And part of their work on him was mental toughness. And he made some really, really big kicks in college. And now he's going to have to fight through some adversity that he's probably never had to fight through before. All right, Jason. Uh, what do you think, now that we've seen X amount of games, we're 14 games in, what do you think the biggest areas of focus for the Browns front office will be this offseason? Defensive tackle. If they clean up defensive tackle, they will go a long way in in sorting out a lot of the problems that we've seen. Like they, I don't know that they have. I, Perrion played well Sunday. I was talking to a couple of guys at the game. Like, is is there something there? Is there something you could work with? And and I think he's young and immature, and he's obviously made some dumb mistakes this year. That's got himself benched and inactive a couple of times. He's got to learn from that, and he's another one's got to figure out how to be a pro. But I do think that there's some talent there, and I think he can help them. But otherwise, I don't know that there's a defensive tackle on this team that will be back next year. I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen anything from him. Jordan Elliott at times has helped a little bit here and there. Uh, but I, I don't know if they have an NFL, and that includes Perry. I, I can't say for certain that they have NFL-caliber defensive tackles on this roster. What? And if, if, if you can address that, if you can clean that up, and just get guys who just won't get run over. Like, just get guys who aren't you gas so that, you know, the safeties aren't trying to make plays 8 and 12 yards down the field trying to make tackles. And if they can do that, even – I was talking to one player that said one thumper at linebacker. Like, just I said, a thumper at linebacker, some clean up the defensive tackle issues, and, and I think it's going to go a long way in cleaning up a lot of the, the, the defensive issues that they've had. And offensively, you know, they got some decisions to make. And Ethan Postick, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He loved it here. He'd love to come back. And part of the reason he chose Cleveland was Bill Callahan and, and the uh, strength and training staff that they have here. And he proved that he, he's, he is a very good NFL center in this system. So what do you do with Nick Harris? And you've got two really, really expensive guards. And if you're paying your quarterback what they're paying to Sean, can you afford to have two guards making $30 million? And if you've got to pick between them, who are you going to pick between them? Joel's getting a little bit older, but he's playing at a better level right now. Wyatt's had some injury issues this year. We all know Jed Will's situation. Conklin's probably not going to be back. So I think that there's a lot of issues on both lines that they have to address, but I don't think that they're that far away in either spot. Jason, with Jadavian being a free agent, what do you do at edge opposite of Miles? I like I, – I, got to bring somebody in. It's not going to be Clowney. Clowney's gone. I like Alex Wright, but I don't know that you want to trust him to start – over there, you know, I, I, you're kind of operating without a net. But I've seen enough out of Alex Wright. I, 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 I think he can play. Um, but you're going to have to do something else over there. But, again, like we keep saying, okay, we'll add here, okay, we'll add there. We probably need another receiver. 
they're not going to have a ton of cap space. I don't think it's going to be probably they're two years away from really feeling a crunch because of all the money that they can roll over this year into next. But it's not going to be the supermarket sweep that we've seen in the past where you just run the cart down the aisle and scoop everything off the shelves and get whatever you want. Uh, nor do I necessarily think it's the best way to build a team anyway. So um, I like Alex Wright, though. I, I, I think you're going to have to find someone else, hopefully a veteran, to come in and help. But I do think that there's some potential with Wright. All right, final one. we got about 60 seconds left. If not the playoffs, still 1%, Jason. If not the playoffs, what are the final three games of the season about? Deshaun. It's, it's what the, this whole thing has been about ever since the suspension went to 11. was to use the last six to get him ready for next year. And we've seen that. Again, we've seen some of the growth week over week over week, and we've seen a little bit of the diversity of the playbook a little bit, not a ton. But you see him starting to open up a little more. Like I mentioned earlier, you're seeing the, the extra blocking lineman as an eligible receiver. You're seeing that go away. We saw a couple pistol formations against the Bengals. You see him trying to get, see what works, what doesn't. And really, it's just about acclimating him. Uh, and and if, you, if you leave Pittsburgh feeling like you got the rust off and Deshaun Watson's ready to go in 2023, that's as close to a win as I think you can take it. Jason, great stuff. Can't wait to see the jacket on you tonight, and uh, be good, buddy. <laughs> All Thanks, right, buddy. guys. We'll see you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.